So anyway, I want you to go with me to Ephesians chapter 5, and I'll just read through the scriptures and um, try to repeat some things and make it all fit together and to pray for an impartation. I am so excited. Man, these sabbaticals are of the Lord. This, I just thank God for Rick. Now, those guys in Fort Mill, they're still on the sabbatical today, so some of them are probably watching, and uh, we only do three weeks, but still... Man, am I glad. I'm just telling you, I feel just a renewed strength vision. And I'm going to tell you about something that happened midway into this sabbatical toward the end and pray it happens to you. Freely you give, freely you, no, you receive, freely you give. It's like these keys we were given for a great harvest. That's what this school of evangelism is all about. We're going to release these keys Who are we in Moravian Falls to think we can impact the entire earth? Who are we? Who do you think you are? We're the sons of Almighty God. And all the creation's been waiting for sons to rise up. So anyway, rising up. Okay. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. As Christ also loved us and given himself for us as an offering, sweet sacrifice, sweet aroma, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting which are not fitting, but the rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man or woman who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Don't partake. For you were once, say I was once. You were once darkness, but now, say now. You were light in the Lord, walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Find out what is acceptable to the Lord. That's our responsibility. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. How many of you like seeing things exposed that are hidden that need to be brought to the surface and dealt with? Therefore, they're brought, they're exposed because they're manifest by the light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, carefully, not as fools. Now, that's a good word for all of us, isn't it? Don't, here's a word of the Lord for you today. Don't be a fool. How many of you think that's good advice? especially in this hour, but be wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to get there. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks for all things to the Father, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, the title is, When the Days Are Evil. Someone said, and um, I borrowed this title from someone, but I adopted it. 
When the world is at its worst, the church must be at its best. But we changed it last week. When the world is at its worst, the church will be at its best. We believe that. There's no way God has prepared the church for this hour for it to shrink back and run in fear and hide in the depths and in tunnels and caves. There may be some of that. But we're going to let our light shine before men and see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Amen? Amen. Anybody else going to say amen? If you're not, I'm going to. But there are many scriptures that confirm increasing darkness. These folks that said they live by faith and they didn't want to cover anything negative, it wasn't negative, it was part of the scriptures. It's all part of the unfolding plan of God. We need this hour that we've been called to. To become what we are called to be. We need what God is doing. But the scriptures filled. Perilous times are going to come. The Holy Spirit said it's going to happen. Times of great anxiety, great stress. You won't know what to do. People will literally fail. The men's hearts are going to fail them from fear of the things and the expectation of things coming on the earth. Uh, evil men... I see them all the time. I don't watch much TV at all anymore. I don't want to see them. But they're there, imposters, deceived and deceiving, treacherous, treasonous. Jesus said there would be lawlessness. The love of many would abound. How many of you know we're seeing all of this happen? You know, Revelation says, let the filthy be filthy still. Because many of them are going to double down in their rebellion against God. But we are to double down in our righteousness. Let the righteous be righteous. We don't overcome evil with evil, do we? We overcome evil with good. And then we know Isaiah 60, darkness will cover the earth, deep darkness the people, but the glory of the Lord will arise over you. Ephesians 6, that's the whole issue about putting on the full armor of God, that you can stand in the evil day. And then in Acts 2, remember, there's the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And um, the sons and daughters will prophesy dreams and visions, all these things. And yet still in that chapter, Paul says, be saved from this perverse, crooked, wicked, adulterous, treasonous, rebellious, wicked generation. And that's where we live. Psalm 23, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. Doesn't mean evil won't be in these valleys. The shadows are going to fall, but, but we're going to have to walk through them. And it's an invitation for nations. It's an invitation for individuals. Now, remember we mentioned before, in this hour, you're going to be one of three groups. You're going to be compliant complacent, or what's the third word? Courageous. Okay, how many are signing up to be compliant this go-round? How many are going to be complacent? How many are going to be courageous? Daniel eleven thirty-two is a word for this day. Those who know their God shall be strong. And carry out great exploits. They'll take action against the forces of Antichrist. They'll not be in retreat, but they'll be those who are taking the charge, following the King of glory, the Lord of hosts. 
Diedrich Bonhoeffer, and I read this last week, but he, we need to repeat this. He prayed, and you know what he went through. He said, may God in his mercy lead us through these times. But above all, may he lead us to himself. And that's Daniel eleven thirty two. May he lead us. Our God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow and we will follow all the way to the end. That's what Jesus said. He that endures midway, know all the way. Now, how are we going to walk in these times in which we're living? And I just felt like the Lord, over these um, three weeks, I just made so many notes of messages, just titles, things that popped in my mind as I'm just reading the Scripture, praying. And I, man, I got, man, we'd, have, we'd be here a long time if I preach everything that I wrote down in these books because I was dividing, you know, um, okay, Africa, you know, the, you, we're still going to do the Uganda thing. So we got Africa and Uganda, but and then we got the gathering. You can't neglect the gathering. We want the word of the Lord. You don't want some opinion, the latest opinion. You want the word of the Lord for the hour. That's a big responsibility. I take that serious. I don't know how many of those guys take it serious out there, but I do. And I know that too much is given, much will be required. That's why he said, let not many of you become preachers and, you know, leaders and prophets or whatever you say your calling is because much will be required. And uh, so anyway, I got a whole lot of things. And that's, so one thing, I didn't even get this. This came just the last week after those, those times, but um, out of the book of Ephesians, and it's just important. So some things I want to repeat where we were last week and then go from there and then share this encounter. It was more than an experience. It was an encounter. So the first thing is, how do we prepare for the times? Because we're not going to be able to fake it in this hour. If you are fake, it will be made known to all. You'd rather be made known to all now than in that day when he, say, he would say, depart from me, I never knew you. You'd rather now let it all be exposed, brought to the surface so that you could truly repent and turn to him and become the child of God. And that's what he says, therefore, be imitators of God in verse 1, it's dear children, dear children, you you know, the scripture says, you know that you know, we got to know. Now, there's some that are watching, and you, most of these guys are beyond that, but many are still in that place where you're not really sure you've submitted or yielded fully to Jesus Christ, and you belong to him. Can I tell you, that day is over. You need to make a choice. Man, this is not the time to teeter on the fence anymore. You got to choose to follow him. Let God be God or let him not. If Baal is God, hey, they're worshiping Baal in the world. But if God is God, then choose to make that choice today. Choose ye this day whom you're going to serve. You got to make up your mind. And once you make up your choice, you will be able to stand when the storm clouds arise and, and all this, the fury arises. You'll be able to stand. You've already made that commitment, right? You make a commitment, then you stand on it. You, you're resolved. You will not back off. But he's a father. Im, be an imitator means a follower, a follower, an imitator, a follower of Jesus Christ. 
as their children, which means he's the father. Now, he's a loving father, right? He's a providing father. We said last week, if we do not provide for our households, what does the Scripture say we are? We're worse than an infidel, worse than a believer. So how much more will God the Father provide for his household? Doesn't mean we don't prepare as the Holy Spirit leads us. Every famine I've ever seen in the Bible, they prepared, they were ready. But I still see that the righteous will never be forsaken. So I believe both. You prepare as if it's all up to you, but you trust God as if it's all up to him because it's all up to him. He's a provider. He's a protector. Can I give you some advice? Pray every day for angelic protection around you and your children, your grandchildren from this time on. That the angelic hosts will deliver your children out of evil, out of entrapments. Okay, just do that. Just do it. I'm telling you, it works. I've been praying that consistently for you. I always pray, Lord, the gathering, the staff, I have people that I consider my sons, my own son, my own daughter. But I just say, Lord, I pray for angelic protection. Jesus needed angelic help, so we do too. We need aid. We need comfort. We need help. And so I just say, Lord, the gathering family. But anyway, do it. Do it. And then, you know, it's, he's, a dis, he's a disciplinating father too. How many of you know we need the discipline of the Holy Spirit, the discipline of the Father? And, uh, but he's our father in heaven. He's exalted. He is the great I am. You know, the, the more you've been in ministry, you realize you're the great I am not. But the more confident you are in the great I am. When you're young, you think you're, you got something together. When you, you get older, you realize you have nothing together except your faith in him and he has it all intact, and he will not fail. You become more confident in God. And then, you know, you're an imitator, you're a follower. That means you got to just, no, wait a minute. If you're going to be an imitator, you got to act like him. You can't get away with things that, that you used to get away with. Look in verse 28, let him who stole steal no longer. Now he's talking about the enemy and all that, but it applies to people. But look in verse 29. Let no one, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Be very careful with your words in this hour. You want some good advice? One day we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we will give an account for the idle words in which we've spoken. So it'd be better to let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So we don't want to grieve. You don't want to quench. Quench is really bad, but grieving's bad enough. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't want to bring hurt. And when, you, when you, your mouth is filled with slander or gossip and you judge, then that is somehow attached to the heart of the father who is the father, the child that you just assaulted. So repent and, and turn from that. Ask God to put some kind of lock key over your tongue. Nobody can tame the tongue, but the Holy Spirit can. So don't grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed 
for the day of redemption, and we talked about the sealing means the marking. There's going to be a mad rush in this hour to mark everybody on the planet. Our job is to get everybody we can marked by the Lord, the seal of God on their forehead. What's that scripture in Revelation? Even the four angels are held back. They're reserved before they can be allowed to bring forth their judgments until the servants of God are marked on their foreheads. So God is into this more than we are. Us giving somehow grace to preach the gospel to Africa, it's because it's God's heart is in Africa, and he's reaching out to people. He wants them marked for him, and he wants America marked for him. And then we're to walk in love And we spoke a lot about that. Remember, we love God. We love our neighbor. We love one another. We love the world that Christ died for. And uh, you know that is a challenge when we see many that have become openly rebellious against God. But still, God loves. That's why he sent his son. And you and I are somehow to still make that message known. Even if they seek To do away with us, we're going to still let that message be made known. For God so loved the world. And uh, then we're to love our enemies. Jesus said, you've heard it said, hate your enemies. No, you've heard it said. Jesus said, nevertheless, I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who misuse you and spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be my son. And so we want to love even our enemies. How many of you know that's going to be challenging? How do you do that? Well, in Ephesians, you do that as an imitator, and you walk in the love as Christ has loved us. That's the only way to do that. We're to give ourselves, and so as he gave himself, we give ourselves for other. I don't know exactly how it's all going to fit. Jesus did not fight those who were coming to nail him to the cross. He rebuked Peter for, you know, severing the man's ear there, but the soldier's ear. And yet at the same time, we're called to protect our loved ones. So there'll be, this is, you're going to have to follow the Holy Spirit. There'll be a time to rise up and fight for your children, your sons, your daughters. If you don't, who else will? We said Friday night, now the news media They don't tell you anything that's happening in the real world. All they tell you is what they want you to think is happening or what is happening in some false reality, but they don't tell you. And I saw where there's a new missile. It's not a crisis because this nation, anyway, our leaders, anyway, they're going to bring missiles around Cuba because we're bringing missiles around them. We are the instigators, not... Russia. But anyway, that's, that's a different story. The media has been lying to you what's new. So anyway, I was thinking, God, okay, so now they're going to a new Cuban missile crisis. Where is JFK today, Lord? He's not out there. There's no John F. Kennedy's coming to our rescue this time. None. There, name one John F. Kennedy in this hour except the one they're trying to make sure they bury so that he'll never have another opportunity. It's a planned 
purpose crucifixion. Anyway, that's a different subject too. Stay to the subject, son. I don't even know how I got there. But anyway, Jesus is the only rescuer. That's it. This time, there's no JFK. It's Jesus, the son of the living God. Well, that's probably the way it should have been in the 60s. And then love the truth. You're going to have to teach. Oh, please pray for your children. Every, every form of deception is invading, coming against them. I, I never listen to Apple News, but sometimes they force it on you. So they force it on, and I'm listening to something. Oh, Apple News. <laughs> can, can I just, God, how can anybody believe? Here's what they said. They were talking about abortion, and they said in Texas, two there's a lawsuit coming against any restraint or restriction against abortion. And they were saying 2,000 children died who were not aborted. I had to, wait a minute, God, what did I just hear Apple News say? 2,000 children died that were not aborted? God, invade UCLA, invade Georgia, invade Tennessee. Wake our children up, God. Lord, these things are so simple. There was a day in America, kindergartners would not have fallen for this deception. God have mercy. Pray that our children, our youth, have a love for the truth that they might be saved. And then we're to live, have conduct that is fitting of the faith that we profess. And that is what verse 3 is all about. Fornicators, uncleanness, covetousness, foolish talking, little lies. You know, little lies are big lies in God's eyes. Lies are lies. Sin is sin. Let not any of that be named among the saints. Somewhere along the way in my Christian journey, I heard a quote one time. They said, this man somehow, he said, I, I looked for the church, and I found it in the world. I looked for the world, and I found it in the church. That ought not be even named among the saints. It's time to, to give it all to clean up your act. Come out from among them. The grace of God that brings salvation is the grace that teaches us that we should live holy, godly, righteously in the present age. And then walk in the light as children of light. I'm just going to remind you, Jesus said, He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have what? The light of life. Everyone that is not following Jesus will walk in increasing darkness. It is going to become increasingly dark. But those who know the Lamb of glory, the light of the world, are not only going to follow the light of the world, they're going to be the light in the world. And then, so that's where we stop. And then be awake. Be awake. So verse 13 and 14, but all things are exposed that are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. This is the time 
to be awake. We said Friday night, do you know how the devil perverts every single thing? The term woke is really in scripturally speaking means they're asleep. And those who they think are not woke, we're the ones who have been awakened. It's only the Lord Jesus that can awaken. And so, anyway, everything has been twisted and turned. What an amazing time. They call good evil and evil good. Well, what's new? And yet in the midst, there's a people that are hungry. They're rising up in Africa. I see it every time we go there via the Zoom They're hungry. And I'm telling you, there are multitudes in America that are hungry. They want to come out of the the darkness called the world of the woke. And they want somebody to tell them the truth that there's a way that's right. There's a way that's godly and righteous. Now, you know, what happens when you fall asleep? This is what I found out some things. I looked it up. Now, sleep is good, right? But there's some things that happen when you fall asleep. Your breathing slows down, right? So if you're, a, if you're not awake, if, if you're asleep in the world, you're, you're still asleep. There's, there's the limit of the wind that's going to come your way, obvious. So we need the wind to blow. We need fresh wind, fresh breath. If you've joined the woke crowd, there's no breath, there's no life there. It's all going to lead to the end, to an end road. And there have been people that have gone the woke way, and now they're crying out, Oh, God, deliver me from what I have done. And really, it's what those who knew all along what would happen, and they lied to you. But Jesus can still restore. There's some things they can't put back on, but they can change the heart. And there's restoration. The years that the locusts have devoured. God is a restorer. And he will restore. But anyway, the breathing is affected when you're asleep. The heart rate slows down. We were singing one of the songs. There's a passion that we need in this hour. So when you go to sleep. Now, it can happen the other way too. You can wake up with your heart racing. It's probably not a good thing. Probably know you need to get up and see to it. But anyway, normally your heart rate goes down. So when you're asleep in the world, there's no passion. There's no fire to get up and do the will of God. Then your muscle tone, you start losing muscle tone because there's healing that takes place. I know there's all kinds of good things. Good things. We should be sleeping at night. You know, he gives his beloved sleep. When I was a little kid, I literally count sheep because somebody told me, if you count sheep, you go to sleep. So I would... I would count these sheep. And somewhere along the way, I fell asleep in the midst of counting the sheep. But today, I can count all the sheep I want. God, give your beloved sleep. He gives your beloved sleep. But anyway, you lose muscle tone. We need all the muscle we need in, in this hour. Let the weak say they are strong in the Lord. Man, we got to be strong. This is not the time to be crawling around with wimp, you know, weeble knees we got to be strong. And then brain activity, when you're asleep, you lose this cognitive ability to reason, recognize. You'll believe anything in your dreams because you don't know. And that's the last thing. You, you go into the state of dreaming. Well, that's where many people are today.
They've accepted a false reality. Rather, listen, it's coming into the light where the truth can be revealed. It's coming into Christ that you begin to see clearly. The devil is a liar. He's been a liar from the beginning. He blinds the minds of the unbelieving. And it's only Christ that can give you light. And uh, cause, now dreaming is good, but it's the dreams of the Lord that he gives you. Not the false reality where things that used to be abnormal, you think now are all of a sudden normal. No, they're still abnormal. You've gone into this worldly, you know, system that has corrupted your thinking. And only God, that's what we pray for America. God, awaken America. Could you imagine if we had real great awakening in America? Man, all of the people that would come forward, I was once blind. I believed things that were so deep and dark. And the truth is, without an awakening, they will continue not only to believe them, but walk in them. But we pray God will interrupt with an awakened church and then walk carefully circumspectly, verse 15, careless. Don't be careless. Don't be careless. It means to have intent, be purpose, have vision. You know, the steps of the Lord are ordered of the Lord. You got to get your orders from the Lord for your steps in this hour. You could pick up something off the ground that's laced with uh, whatever that drug. Listen, this is a time... you. You can't just go where you want to go, do what you want to do. Just be led by the Spirit, and you'll do more than you ever thought you could do. And He'll lead you places you would have never have dreamed. Anyway, I'll wait and get there at the end. And then walk in wisdom, not as fools. Don't be a fool. Jesus told the man... He's uh, trying to build larger barns. He tears down that which he has so he could build larger. He says, you fool, today your soul will be required of you. Remember that? And then, um, you know, the fool is said in his heart, there is no God. And I always heard that it means the fool is said in his heart, no God. And that's a fool that says no to him. And then we know the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. And we're to be fools for Christ's sake. Say, I'm going to be the only fool I'm going to be. Say, the only fool I will go, I'm going to be is a fool for Christ's sake. So bring it on. I'm a fool for Christ's sake. And uh, you'll be called that from the world. So be it. That's a, that, oh, that's a badge of honor. You're fool for Christ. And then redeem the time, capture it, grab hold of it, because time is speeding up. A day is as a thousand years, a thousand. Well, when that was said, it's like now. How many of you realize months pass by like days used to? It seems there's an acceleration. Satan knows that his time is short. And so woe is the inhabitants of the earth, but we are in the world. We're just not of it. So it's not a woe for us, it's a wow because of our God in this hour. And yet, uh, so we've got to redeem the time, grab hold of it. You know, only those who do the will of God ultimately, that's what Jesus said. It's not those who did all these things that were marvelous and spectacular. No, those who did the will of their Father. 
and they wouldn't retreat, they wouldn't back down. Now remember I uh, mentioned last week that story that I heard about what happened in Hartford, Connecticut, and how they were, it was in May the 19th, 1780. They've gathered in the Connecticut State Representatives, House of Representatives, and whatever they're doing. Well, a darkness came upon the northeastern part of our country, and it was an ominous, it was so dark, they had to light candles in the middle of the day, and people thought it was the end of the world. They literally thought the judgments of God had come. And um, I didn't know why. Thank God for my wife. She looked it up. Because I said last Sunday, I I wonder what really happened that caused them to feel like the end of the world had come. It was dark over the northeastern part. She looked it up, and there were fires in Canada. Now, they didn't have cell phones in those days where you could text what's happening and all this. So there were fires in Canada, and it was a, a combination of the smoke and the clouds and the fog that caused it to grow dark over America, that part. And so this Connecticut state representative, or anyway, a motion was made to adjourn and go home. Judgment was at the door. And one congressman stood up and said, I object. We should not adjourn. And they asked him, he said, well, if this is not judgment day, why should why you adjourn? If it's not judgment day, why should we be leaving? If it is judgment day, I want to be found at my post. I want to be found doing my duty when that day approaches. And that's where we are right now. We must be about the Father's business. And then the last thing, we walk in the will of the Lord. And then the last thing is being filled with the Spirit. We got to be not drunk with the world but be filled with the wine of heaven. And that's what God wants to do, because you can't do this. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Okay, so this was midway into the sabbatical. I went to the place where you know I was called to preach as as an 18-year-old boy. I used to always think it was 19, but, you know, you forget. So this time I figured it out. And I go back to that place where I can sit and I look at the hill where I knelt down that night and I surrendered to preach the gospel. I had a real call experience. I meet some people today, they, don't, they can't really point to a call experience. And I wonder, God, why? How come many in this young generation, they're in ministry and they can't point to the moment that you called them? Anyway, it's God will work all that out. You don't take this upon yourself. And I remember, and I go back from time to time to remember when I knelt down that night and opened my Bible. And it's a very, very special time, you know. Every time I go back, at this time I realize how many years ago that was. And I said, God, it couldn't be. It's no way possible. It's not, it's not possible. It couldn't be that many years ago. But anyway, so I'm, I'm praying. I'm saying, God, what about Africa? Lord, is this really your will? I don't want to just do something to do something. God, is this the will of the Father? And what about the gathering? Lord, what do I say in the days to come? Lord, you know what's happening. You know what's coming. What do I do, Lord? It's, and all of a sudden, 
All of a sudden, a wind. I'm, I'm just reporting. It was still. It was hot. And a wind came over. And the temperature dropped around me at least 10 to 15 degrees because I got chill bumps on my skin. And I thought it was strange, but I didn't think much of it. I thought, this is strange. And then when it was over, I looked around at the leaves, and they were perfectly still. And I realized that wasn't some strange wind. It was the wind of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came, and there was an anointing. And um, he separated, confirmed Africa. He confirmed it. And, uh, but he also confirmed for the days at hand. And all I know is, is freely you receive, freely you want to give it all away. I don't know if the wind, you'll feel the wind like I felt the wind. I felt the wind. It was undeniable. And I felt what happened to my body. And then I saw this was no ordinary wind. And I'm telling you, the wind of the Holy Spirit is blowing this hour. And I read over in Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, it said, And then God remembered Noah, and he caused a mighty wind to blow. And the wind caused the waters to reside. They just drew away. And so I'm asking for a mighty wind to blow. It's the only hope I know is the wind of God to remember America, remember our families, remember our children, remember the promises of God, the covenant that our forefathers made, that men and women shed their blood in order, and of course the one who ultimately shed his blood. So I want to pray that the wind will come. And I don't know what it's going to be like, act like. I don't know. Listen, it's by faith. I think one of the reasons God allowed me to experience that wind is because I've believed him for all these years, though I've not seen many times, yet I still believe. And I've committed to that. Lord, I don't have to see. I will believe what you've said. But you remember the first miracle? It said his disciples... They needed that miracle so that even his disciples believed in him. And we need belief in this hour. We need the disciples to be filled with a fresh energy from heaven and the wind of the Holy Spirit. So I want you just to stand if you want to be a part of this. And, and I'm just going to pray. You guys can play at any time. And, um, and then we're going to pray for people. How many of you say... I'm hungry. I need God. I need the wind. How many of you say, I need the wind? I, the wind, the breath is the Holy Spirit. We need the breath of heaven. Oh, Holy Spirit, breathe fresh on me. That's our prayer in this hour. And f upon us, then through us, that's, that's the way God planned it. Upon us, the Holy Spirit, who is already within you, comes upon you so that he might flow through you and touch everyone around you. And there are things that must be broken in this hour so that we can be loosed into the purposes of God that we've been born for, that we've been created for. 
So, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for everyone in this room, those that are watching online. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. We confess we can do nothing without you. It is not by might nor by power. It's not by man's intellect, man's reasoning, man's ideas, opinions. It's by the Spirit. It's by the moving of the breath of heaven. God, we pray just like in Genesis. You said you remembered Noah and you caused a mighty wind to blow. Lord, remember us. Remember your sons and your daughters in this place. Everyone here this morning is here by divine providence. And God, we pray. Remember your sons, remember your daughters, and let a mighty wind blow. The wind of the Spirit of the living God. Anoint us for this hour that you've called us to. Now just let the wind come. I don't know what you feel. I know what I felt, but I pray, Lord, freely you have given, freely receive. I release the wind. I release the breath of heaven. And I pray, God, let that wind come to confirm your will and your word and let it result in your ways being loosed, thrust into the harvest fields, into the earth, into the valleys, the mountains, the cities, in our nation and in the nations. God, you said, ask of me. We're asking that the wind would blow throughout the nations and the islands. We cry out to heaven, O oh God. Come, Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on this region, on this city, on this county, on this state, on our nation. Now, Lord, I ask you to seal what's been deposited right now. Seal it in the name of Jesus until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, Lord, I pray that not only has the wind come, but now the wind will take us into the places that you've determined would be opened and no man can close in the name of Jesus. Seasons, times, causes, ministries, the dreams of heaven, we loose them, we loose them, we loose them. Dreams of heaven. We shake off the false reality and mindsets of this world. And we say, let the mind of Christ come. The thinking that is originated from the King of glory. Now I want to pray for many because we... This is like a commandment. If you've never asked Jesus, you don't know if you're saved. Man, if you've been on the fence, you need to know. You need to know that you know that you know. For somebody in this room, they're going to come. Whether they, I don't know if they're here or not today. I don't know. But you know the Holy Spirit is convicting you. Call out for salvation. We've got to cry out for salvation. For the salvation of our sons, our families. How many of you have family members yet to be saved? Household members. Lord, you promise household salvation. Father, just pray this prayer if you're watching. Father God, I need you. 
I believe in Jesus, that he is the son of the living God. He lived, he died, he rose from the dead. And I confess I need a savior. And I ask you to forgive me. I confess my sin. I repent, I turn, I change my mind. I'm a sinner. I need salvation. I need forgiveness. And I'm willing to turn from the world and turn my life over to you. So just say, Lord, I confess you as my Lord. I believe in you in my heart. I believe that God raised his son from the dead. And the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the promise of the Father. This is the hour. Don't miss this hour. The Holy Spirit doesn't always strive with men. So this is the hour of salvation, deliverance, healing. Friday night, we had some amazing things happen. We didn't know any of it would happen. So Lord, let amazing things happen again. Things that point us to the King. We live with the hope of the coming kingdom, but also the reality of the kingdom that has come. Does that make sense? It's two-way. We live with the hope of his coming, but he has come and established in me his throne, his reign. And so he reigns through us. Wow, there's so much coming together in this hour, Larry. It's just amazing. Things he's taught us all our life, we're going we're gonna to walk them out. And walk them out. Michael and Judy, you know, this is a great day. Lord, I, I hear the engine of heaven, the motorcycle of heaven. The, it rev it up, Lord. And it's a loud motorcycle. It's not like I've got. It's one of those loud ones. Let it rev up in the purposes of God up there. In the name of Jesus. I, anybody else hear that sound? I hear just a... Okay, Lord. Lord, how many of you need that in your own heart? Things going on. Lord, rev it up. Rev it up. The sound of heaven. The testimony of the saints. Rev it up, Lord. That we'll be bold as a lion and courageous in this hour. Fearless because we fear God alone. Now, Lord, just touch people. Thank you for this amazing morning and how this season has begun. Use miles next week, Lord. Let him meet you in those three days of prayer and fasting. No, Francis Miles. Miles Kirby is coming later. So this is Dr. Francis Miles. Lord, use this man from Africa who's in our nation. Lord, do it something mighty. And Lord, we call all those people that are supposed to be a part of that school of evangelism. We call them in. We call them in. And we thank you, Lord. You're going to take care of all the things. All the things. You are our provider, our healer, our deliverer, our savior, our master, our righteousness, our sanctification, our peace, our father, our shepherd. I mean, hey, let's just go on and on and on and on and on. Amen. That's the way heaven's going to be like. God bless you guys. Our prayer team's going to be around the front to pray. If you need someone to pray and come into agreement with you about a need in your life, when two or more gather together, when there's agreement to, these things break out and happen. So uh, God bless you. We thank you for being with us.